with Loz Taylor and Christian Carlisle. Putting the Don in Don Broco, we are chatting to Rob Damiani in this episode about juggling multiple bands with schoolwork, work experience, cock-ups, and belting out gym hall hymns. It's nice actually to talk to, uh, you know, someone else other than the, the, the rest of the boys over Zoom. I'm literally, they're the only four people I talk to. The rest of the guys in the band pretty much the whole time. So Yeah, man. It's, it's nice, tough. To, um, it's tough. nice to mix it up. I like the what someone it could you imagine if this lockdown had happened 20 years ago when all you had was a Nokia 3310 and unlimited you know, only weekend calls we'd have been absolutely fucked we'd, we'd all yeah. be amazing at snake <laughs> <laughs> like it'd be, shit yeah it'd be definitely crazy, crazy. <laughs> Rob, we, I wanted to kick off am I pronouncing your surname right Damiani Damiani yeah Damiani where's well, that where's that if from you, if 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 you're if you're from Italy, it's Damiani. Damiani. I knew it was Damiani. So it's yeah. it, 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 Italian but, um, heritage Italian. there, yeah. Yeah, but a- anglicised, I guess you. Well, my family pronounced it Damiani because we're pretty. Like my dad moved to England when he was two, so he he still claims to be Italian, but he's very <laughs> very much. An Englishman now, so Damiani is sort of how you say it. If you, come it, and it, you he come moved o- over when he was two, you come over and you get it absolutely butchered by our, our northern accents and our, yeah, it doesn't quite sound as well in a in a Scottish a Damiani. It doesn't say, it doesn't have the same. <laughs> oh, thing. no, I like that. That's good. That's, good. That's even better. Damiani. Yeah, I can't do a Scottish accent. But yeah, I, w- I wanted to know Rob, when did you learn? to sing when was the first time you opened your mouth and you were like fuck I can do this actually this is quite good I think well I was probably singing I was singing all the time as a kid you know just around the house and um you know with my brothers and you know with my family because I was like my early childhood musical memories are pretty much exclusively Michael Jackson yeah there was nothing else really ever played in like my house like, my parents weren't really that into music so i think they just had they just you know the king of pop you know, Mike, yeah it's just like really <laughs> what, what do you what do you go yeah. up to in the 90s you know what do you put on the cd player when you don't know what to put on so they had all the michael jackson albums and they Definitely. liked them and not and me and my brothers loved them so we would rinse them and we'd sing along to it and do all the dance moves and i had a you know, try i had a cut off a cut-off glove that my dad Did put, you? like, spat a little... Diamantes you know, like, on. Punks put on their jackets. Oh, yeah, the little... The little oh, stuff. Wow. And one glove, one of them on, and a bad T-shirt, and a mullet. Rocking. Sick. Yeah. And that, that's that's the way I'm going now. That's, yeah. like, that's my, I'm evolving into that look now. Yeah. I'll be looking like Loz did when he was six years old. That is <laughs> no, year. it's exactly the same. Like We had a lot of mix... Mixed music in our house, but that's like one of my very early memories. I must have loved it just as much as, as you guys did. And um, yeah. and yeah, it was like, I, I think my study Do you know what? I don't mean to pander to the stereotype here, but some of my earliest memories when it came to like listening to music around the house, you, Billy Conley, very well-known comedian, little known fact, also did loads of like Scottish country comedy songs and stuff nice. as well. And I just remember listening. To, we had a tape in the car that we just listened to loads of like Billy. <laughs> I, I, I could not be more fucking Scottish if I tried, and I'm not even actually Scottish. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it was it was your family, it was your brothers, it was Jackson. Yeah, that that was the first, you know, my first memory of sort of singing. Um, yeah, and then, singing and along then to stuff. Singing along to stuff. But then I guess probably 
you know, the first time anyone ever told me I was or I ever had any sort of confidence, I guess, was like at school when got into the school choir. And, yeah. you know, they were like, you're singing, you know, you do music lessons, what, I can't remember, must have done them once a week or whatever, or twice yeah. a week, is it? Yeah. And then, you know, my, you know, a primary school had a school choir. Um, it was quite a kind of, wasn't a church, wasn't like a, a religious school, but it was a, it was quite a churchy school. There was like mm. a church nearby that we were kind of, you know. I think that's just instilled kids. in a lot of us as youngsters in the UK, isn't it? As, as a as a lesson. Yeah. Like, and yeah. you're going to sing, you're going to sing hymns in assembly. In a, yeah. That's, <laughs> and can, for some reason, that's how it goes you're gonna, down. You're gonna you're gonna gonna out, yeah, you're going to belt out some pure Jesus anthems sat on a wooden yeah. floor. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, and for some reason, that's the lesson that you're learning, all right? <laughs> that, is, that is it. That, honestly. There's... So carrying on through school then, it, it, was it like late secondary that you started to flirt with the idea forming a band and, and putting it all together yeah yeah i guess so that was that was primary school and then you sort of secondary school i wasn't in the quad or um no and i, I sort of having drum lessons and i kind of yeah got um like an old second-hand drum kit for about nice. horrible sounding for like 50 quid from this guy <laughs> like up my road who was like definitely trying to get rid of it because it sounded terrible completely <laughs> unredeemable as well it couldn't be tuned but like got a drum kit started having lessons and that was kind of what I wanted to be really like a drummer and I just um sort of hadn't sung for a while at that point but I knew I liked heavy stuff um and just joined as many bands as possible as I could at school so I had like sort of three or four sort of bands bubbling around you know where you just meet up in you know lunch break and have a jam or after yeah. school whatever this um, is crazy it's crazy for me this because I again did a similar thing like my first introduction was I did work experience at a music shop. Oh yeah. And then that was in the drum department. So at 14, I was like, I want a drum. So right, round the table. Where did you do your work experience, Rob? Where did you, where did you go for work experience? <laughs> uh, my work experience was a, a music related one. It was some, it was a guy who had a publishing, actually an actual music publishing house randomly um, our, our next door neighbour, this lovely old old lady. Um, it was her um, her daughter's husband, and my mum just got chatting to him, and she was like, "Oh, my my son likes music. Yeah, he, he yeah. likes to do that." And it, you know, I only went in for like a few days, and they kind of just gave me the you know the anything to like keep me not messing anything up. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think after the first day, when they asked me to go and get coffee. Yeah, get a round of coffee for people. And I went and I was like, I got the order, but I was like, I forgot it by the time I got there. I yes. just okay, remember being at the till and they were like, Oh, what do you want? I was like, coffee. They were like, What kind of coffee? And I was like, Coffee, coffee beans? Did they come in, they come in beans. Came back, they'd ordered like some decaf and an Americano, whatever. I came back with just like a huge huge bag of coffee because they'd given me like <laughs> they'd given me like 30 quid for the round and I just came with like a huge bag of coffee which how many coffee did, beans can I get for yeah, 30 quid yeah, I was like I'll just get all I can get you know uh, yeah save, save these guys some money you know I'm thinking long game you know they need to be <laughs> They, uh, yeah, they didn't have like a coffee grinder or any sort of machine to make it with. Like so. walking in with a burlap sack at Arabica <laughs> Bean. Like, yeah. where, how, do, how do I make it with these? <laughs> um, so yeah, after that, I don't think they trusted me with much. So <laughs> my, my job was to, I mean, I like my job. They gave me just all the demos that people, you know, 
bands and, and singers must have just sent in and it, i just listened to random tunes all day and they gave me they were like they put in a good pile and a bad pile and that's literally my current job that is what i it's all the new bands that's literally what i that do is your people, job. Yeah, exactly well, people are like what do you do it's just i just fucking listen to shit loads of music it's mint i'm not gonna lie it's cool well, as now, fuck now you now you know i can do it it's <laughs> There's a job going. Me, then, yeah, uh, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm always on the lookout for a new broadcast assistant. Definitely. Me, me, Come and Lord, me and Laws need to retrain according to the government a few, a few months yeah. ago. So. Yeah, I'll get you boys <laughs> trained up. Yeah, no, no problem. I'll get, get you trained up, but I'll not trust I've you. The the I've got the experience. You, you can trust me, yeah. I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so drums, work experience. Yeah. Yeah, it's when, kind of weird how like we both went into drums and then was like, did you like drum, yeah. the drum service as well? Yeah, the first band I, it must be the most like at that age it must feel like the most rock and roll thing. I'm gonna drum. Do you think loud? And, it's right, heavy, with, right? Without it's not choir, without being detrimental to drummers because obviously we know that it's one of those things that there's, there's great drummers out there who practice and learn the craft over years. Yeah it's pretty easy to pick up. <laughs> like you can pick up a set of drumsticks and within about 10 minutes, you can be like, oh, I can well, do this. I think the, like, thing, yeah, the okay. thing with it is it's the sound you're getting back is pretty instant. In ah, terms right, of like right, you right. hit and that's the sound. Like, There's that instant yeah. gratification well, the guitar, of it, right. it's a bit like I've got to figure which, where each finger goes to get a nice sound. Whereas drums, if I just hit if that, tuned, it makes the sound. If yeah. tuned, yeah. you hit it and you get something back straight so away. So satisfying, isn't it? It's just like, boom, you're <laughs> just in there. smashing it. Smash yeah. it. Yeah, no, so, I think that's definitely the appeal. So yeah. I came straight out of work experience and there, there were a couple of kids that I used to play football with across the street. Um, shout out Dan Feast. Um, he like, he... Again, my mum was like, oh, my, my son really loves music and wants to play in a band. He's just done his music, uh, work experience and he's, he's picking up drums. And, you know, our family is. She got me in a band that was literally across the... Sh- this guy lived across the street. Incredible. A couple of, couple of years older than me. And we he wanted to be that punk rock that he, like, called the band Detox. <laughs> you know, like, it looks right when you write it down and it looks quite punk, but it's completely yeah. the wrong thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the first band I was in was called Detox. Hi, it's Rob from Don Broco, and you're listening to The Throat Podcast. So, so that from there we started practicing in my grandmother's garage. Um, so this was like my first experience of a band, and and I was like, I'm not like I wasn't very good at drums, and like being the drummer and being not that good yet, and then being a bit older than me, it was very much, you play this, no, you play this, you play this, and I couldn't really keep up with what they wanted me to do because ah, I wasn't you couldn't that, keep the pace because you wasn't that great. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, so yeah. and then I was like, oh, you know, kicked off one day and was like, I just, I, I want to be a singer. I don't want to be sat behind here. I want to be a singer. And then this guy just goes to, and at that point I was about 14 years old. And one of the guys in the band, like, uh, it, like the, uh, I don't know, the bass player like kicked off and was like, Oh, I can't deal with this. You know how you are when you kids, <laughs> when you stormed young. off. And then the, the, the guy who I initially met was kind of like, well, you know, you want to be a singer. Can you sing? And I was like, I don't know really. I think I can hold a note. Hold a note. He goes, he goes, all right then. Sing a little bit and I'll let you know if I think you can sing. What did you sing? Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. What's your go-to song? Like, if you, if you are, Rob, if you, if you are put on the spot of like, you know, sing, what would be your go-to song? 
Backstreet Boys. Fucking definitely. I'm <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? We're all on the same page Thinking, here. What, what's Backstreet's yeah. back blew my it, mind. The music video, everything. Screaming my name. What song's that? Oh, right? well, I'm... Uh, I'm uh, that's song. Larger Than Life. That's what I saw. I know that song. I'm, uh, I don't know what it's called. That. I want it yeah. every yeah. way. Ain't nothing oh, but a heart. It's just like... How, how embarrassing now to be in like a metal band and that being my first audition in front of like in front of this guy who was just like go on then sing and I was like right sit well go on then I'll tell you what you two can tell me this because you're perfect place to say this um in the like that that metal community that like that rock community is there still that kind of turning up your nose at like pop music has it become a bit more open and like you know respectful towards other because there was a bit of for a time it was a bit like elitist where you were like if you're into metal you're not allowed to like anything else yeah. in certain circles yeah. is it still is it kind of I think, more open I think it's all out there I yeah. think there's, there'll be plenty of people just like that people are opening up more in terms of crossing over genres and stuff like that now well, you work in a lot of different genres and styles musically within just a, a, a single Don Broco album Rob do you have a particular do you have a particular style of vo- like a vocal style that you prefer to sing in i guess i think i go through phases to be fair there's not one particular style but i think if you write an album and you get into a bit of a like a a kind of you know uh, a space with it where you're coming out with it's quite natural i think you come up with sort of similar sounding bits where wherever you're at in the phase of your life you know depends what you're listening to or depends if you're reacting maybe against your last record, which is what I tend to do, because usually sort of by the time we finish one album, um, toured the hell out of it, I'm sort of like, oh, I can't be bothered to do that again. You know, you want to mix it up sort right. of uh, musically, but as well vocally. So Yeah, you don't, you don't want to be repeating yourself. You don't want to be repeating yourself. Space. And, and yeah. you, you do, like, it's natural to do that because, you know, obviously if you're coming up with, with the stuff creatively, you know, the same sort of... Um, you know, the same sort of things are, are going on in your head, but then I end up choosing the things that sound a bit different, really. So, yeah, I kind of, I like mixing it up, I think. Like, I think the great thing about vocals in general, which is, you know, why I do love being being a vocalist. Uh, I mean, as well, there's the fact that I can't play any other instruments and I can't really <laughs> bother to, to try and learn any of them at this stage. But, um, yeah, you can sort of do everything with it. It's like so versatile, you know, you can... You can sing in so many different ways. Uh, yeah, like obviously not just like obviously the sound of the voice, but like the style and, you know, soft, loud, quiet, talking it. Um, yeah, just playing around with different techniques. Playing around and- with techniques and voices as well. Like, you know, if you're telling a story or, you know, you're you're giving maybe a different perspective or a different yeah. feel or a different emotion. You know, that's like, that's why voices are just so funny. It's like, everyone's got a different accent. Everyone's got like, everyone can put on like, do shitty impressions of people from different parts of the world. Like the voice is so versatile to do that. And if you do that within music, it just creates such an an interesting um, landscape. I used to look like, you know, probably before, just before I really got into like rock music, I think like Eminem was probably my favorite artists like i'm sure you know millions of other probably kids like our age you know when when the real slim shady came out you know it just kind of blew my mind and it was like oh my god how is this one guy he's got like 
you know, 50 different personalities within the same mm. record, putting on different voices, giving, you know, giving the size like, of the story that he's telling. Almost like alter egos. Like yeah, alter alter egos. egos. And like, and like, like, like you're saying, like being able to take on those different voices, almost it helps with a stage persona as well, because you can, you, you can almost in, not in a theatrical way, but you know, in that sort of mindset where you're like, now this, this, voice that I'm doing on stage demands like this sort of attitude behind it. And it totally, helps, yeah. it helps you visualize the delivery of that, that thing as well. I uh, yeah. failed GCSE PE because of Slim Shady because of that record. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go because, on. because they took us out to some like Wales somewhere and it was like orienteering and it was part of your GCSE. And like it, the weather was miserable. Like it was awful. And we were walking over like marshland, like knee high. It was hammering it down. And you had to like read off maps and all that. And I just wasn't having any of it. I just had, <laughs> I had, I had that record on it. Marshall Mavis, Real Slim Shady. And like just refused to take my headphones out. So they were like, well, if you, you're not really working as a team, if you can't hear what other people are saying. So yeah. I was just like angry at the, the teachers and that in my, in my, in my head. When we got back, it was just, I think it was the real scene slated. And like, I had saved the day as like a single, but someone had burnt me a, burnt me a, like a copy disc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, this song will become the anthem of that song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's it called? At Your Funeral. It yeah. was just like that and a, like a couple of other songs. But yeah, that was, the, and, and I just, didn't listen to anyone and just followed everyone and had that on super loud. I love. I, I just love the fact that you attribute your failure at GCSE level PE to specifically it's, it's, it's your fault. It's yeah. his fault. Definitely. It's his, his fault. fault. Writing a great record. It's made a great record. I had to prioritize it over orienteering, which you know any wise person do. Which song from the Don Broco back catalogue, Rob, is the hardest to sing? Which is an absolute bitch. Like it's really tough for you. All of them. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing, I'm, the thing is that like a few of you guys can sing though, right? Well, this is the thing. I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a fake in regards to, I will write a part, sing it on the record. And then when it comes to it live and it's too high, I'll just ship it off to Matt at the back. Cause his, his voice is, he's got an incredible like range. And he's, he's got a really good voice. Yeah. He's got yeah. a really good voice and really high voice. Like, you know, my voice is quite low naturally. Um, and he, yeah, his is high. But a lot of the times, you know, you'll write it in the studio where it will sound right. Because when you're telling the story, you don't want to switch voices too much. You know, I guess, you know, being a band with two singers, we've kind of, we're still figuring it out really. And we're always experimenting in like which parts we dish out to each other. And, you know, I think like, you know, bands where they've got two vocalists or a few singers, you know, um it really you know it has like maximum impact like if you think of blink they're probably like the most famous band with two things where it works so well completely different tones and yeah. they'll they'll interject each other different parts but they won't you know you don't want to like interrupt someone when they're in a flow when they're on record because you know you're you're in the song you're feeling the lyrics and then suddenly someone else is singing it sometimes it sounds weird uh live however um, i feel doesn't matter as much especially when I lose my voice and I can just be like, nah, I think it's, uh, yeah, you, you, you can do this bit easy. So uh, yeah. we'll just give it to him. Hi, it's Rob from Don Broco and you're listening to The Throat Podcast. We've stumbled across that before where you, 
it's like two completely different headspaces because in, in one instance you're in the studio, you're wanting to write like a really great song. So you're, you're just at that time you're thinking of writing a great song. It's not always about how is this going to play out live? Uh, yeah. And then oh, over, make it work, then yeah. from album to album, you start being like, let's make sure we can make this play out live. And <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. if I'm out of breath in terms of like a screaming part, then someone can at least jump in and scream like a couple of words to let me gather myself and my breath to continue like shouting yeah. my head off. So <laughs> it's, it, it is completely different. And sometimes that just naturally happens where you're like, can you take those words? Like you start working it out whilst you're on the tour. Like the song's already written, the song's on the album. Can you just take that bit because it's a bit hard for me to I get my breath in it? Yeah. I, I yeah. need a breath there, man, because I'm like dying. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to shout this bit so that I've got some breath, especially you jumping around as well and trying to keep like your energy energy up. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting how that crosses over. And then I, I guess like the more time that you spend in the studio and on the road and the band grows, you start learning those things and piecing them together figuring out yeah. dynamic yeah. And, yeah figuring out that dynamic I, yeah. think, I think you anticipate it more as well the better you kind of you know yourself and your voice and your limitations you yeah. can preempt it better like a lot of the time you know you know I, it would literally get you do and it's so different as well from practice to live like you do it in practice and you'd be like oh yeah i can do this easy and yeah. as you said as soon as you're on stage your technique is out the window. You're jumping around. You're screaming your head off. Like, you know, you realize, <laughs> Matt, oh, Matt's shit. taken over for a couple of lines yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. like, come on. And then you're yeah, like, yeah. I shouldn't have been shouting off mic then because I've got to go back in with this. But, you know, what was I thinking? So, yeah, you kind of, you figure it out. I think you kind of, you, you get better at working out what you can do live. Uh, for sure. As, as you get on. And then, but then I think finessing it as well, it takes, can take like, 10 shows or more sometimes yeah. to really last day at all last day at all five in the clicks, pocket <laughs> <laughs> always the way isn't it yeah like uh, the tour finishes and you're like that was my best show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where was that for the whole fucking tour yeah. Yeah. did you ever run into any problems then Rob where uh, you know like Lords has obviously been quite <laughs> vocal about his problems it's like well, uh, yes. yeah, Loz has been quite vocal about his problems have you ever have you ever hit any uh, any snags along the way from being on tour and putting your voice on uh, under such pressure for long periods of time yeah I mean it definitely took a while to figure out you know what I was doing because you're kind of guessing unless you've had lessons I guess or you know or a proper technique or you know you're just super into you know, the mechanics of, of being a vocalist, which, you know, is quite rare. I'd recommend it for anyone aspiring to do it because, you know, I don't, I didn't, luckily I never had anything quite as drastic that Loz did with the polyp. But um, I think I heard when you got that polyp and that almost like gave me a bit of like a, a kick up the arse to actually right. um, do it. Because I remember we were touring with Ben at the time, Ben Jackson. Who is a guitar tech that's worked with a, a lot of bands in our world, yeah. And yeah, I think I remember seeing something. I got either you'd had to cancel a show or a lot of shows or something. And Ben told us about some of the shit you've been going through at the time. And it made me think, I was like, fuck, well, I've had like a few narrow escapes, like luckily no serious injuries, but there'd be times where I just couldn't sing at I all. I lost your voice completely. Completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the worst was... Um, we did. We supported Bring Me the Horizon uh, on must have been like three years ago, four years ago, maybe. So 
at the, it was at the point where I probably should have known better because these were starting to get into like pretty, you know, big shows, small yeah. shows. Yeah. And it was just the most depressing thing because it was like, you know, the biggest tour we'd ever got as a band supporting someone, all these sold out arenas, you know, playing to all these people. And within like the third show, I think my voice had just completely gone. Fuck. And, and it was just, you know, like really depressing because it's like, you know, this is my one job is to be the singer in the band. Yeah. You've got a support set of half an hour to win over these people who most of them have got no clue who you are. Yeah. And I'm there and like nothing is coming out. Like physically, it's just air, you know, you're pushing, but nothing's yeah. there. Yeah, um, and all you can do in that is like push harder because you're like, what, what am I going to do? You're yeah, exactly, in yeah. and you're like, I can't think straight. Um, so <laughs> luckily again, like, again, like, you know, I'm very, very lucky to have, uh, you know, Matt in the band who could take a lot more of the vocals, you know, a lot more of mine as well as his. Yeah. And I, and I just ba- became like a glorified hype man, pretty much just running around the stage. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, kind of like shouting into the mic, but probably it sounded like a whisper because like nothing was really coming out. Occasionally yeah. you'd hear a bit of noise. But I remember after that, like just being so upset and kind of, you know, you, you, you know, pile it on yourself because you think, you know, it's, I've, I've fucked this. And I think it probably wasn't completely my fault in regards to, to warming up and stuff. I think I, I had just got a sore throat. You know, it's, it's I think yeah. in winter, you get a cold or whatever. Sometimes you just get unlucky with that and there's nothing you can do. Yeah, but, um, sure. yeah, I've had a few things like that. And, you know, now I like to think I've got my kind of warm up set up down. I mean, I think that, yeah. highlight, that highlighted very much what I was doing wrong, mm, which was over warming right. up. All right, so warming up for too long prior to then going on stage, so kind of like burning yourself out a bit. Yeah, I think so. I think, well, I'm sure I also just got ill as well. Um, right, yeah. But I, it made me reassess everything, and like I went to, um, you know, I kind of, I went to a tea. I hadn't been, I'd seen one vocal teacher like a few years back, um, and it just, I just kind of gave up after like two lessons because I was like, this yeah. is so overwhelming and. You know, we, me and Matt were living in Bedford still at the time. And, you know, it was like a, a vocal lesson in London. And you felt like you'd gone all the way back to primary school and you were singing in that was, kind of way with a team. Yeah, in Rhapsody completely. Team it, yeah. Well, actually, no, it was, it was worse <laughs> than that. It was like, it just wasn't fun at all. It was like, oh, you know, you're there. I remember the, the sort of stuff she was telling us was, she was like, oh, okay, you've got, um, you know, you've obviously, obviously can sing a little bit, but, you know, I don't sing properly. Like I don't sing f- f- with my diaphragm and I don't, I don't sing with proper techniques. Sometimes I do by accident when I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> yeah. but, but I, you know, it, it was really something, if I'm being completely honest with myself, I should go to the effort and really try and learn it. But I remember, you know, I'm sure you, as, as, as it is, Loz, you know, you just, you're constantly onto the next thing as a band. You're always like, you're always writing, yeah, yeah, you're always yeah. touring. You're never thinking, let's just take some time out and, you know, unlearn everything I know about myself and relearn it. You kind of yeah, want to tweak what you're doing. But yeah, she was making us like stand up straight against the wall and right. do all these techniques. And you could kind of do it in practice just about. Yeah. But like, as soon as we had a show, I was like, 
that all goes. It just out got the window, yeah. It just all goes. It all goes out of the window, and it, and I think that's that's one of the main things, especially in sort of the genres that we play in. It's like it's all about the live energy and like trying to train your body into a new way of thinking whilst trying to do what you do best. It's never ever easy. Yeah, I had a similar. Yeah. So what did what did you do? So you're on the Bring With Your Eyes and tour. Your three shows in and your voice packs in. What was your instinct? What what did you do? Did you sleep it off during the day to recover or did you just sort of stay quiet or did you just keep shouting and singing and grin and bear it or I don't think this was probably the right way of doing it but I was basically I just kept quiet the entire day complete vocal rest um which is also you know quite isolating and pretty like depressing after a while when everyone's having fun you're like oh mate like do I have to really have this (laughs) sign with me where I'm right you know do you want a cup of tea? And you have to like, you know, write yes on a, on a whiteboard to let people know because they'll you'll put your yeah. thumbs up. You give them a thumbs up. And they're like, I don't understand, mate. What what are you trying to say? Like, yeah. Um, From everything I've learned, though, you that that would be the right thing to do. The, yeah. be, the the best things for your voice if it's packing in is silence, hydration, and rest. Like, yeah. it's not. I imagine though, it's not always as easy as I. I know what I need to do, so I'm going to do it. Like if you're on tour... Like you have an interview that pops up. I need to be doing those interviews. Yeah, and likewise, if you're on tour, like you say, if you're, if you're going out with Bring Me or whatever, then you want to be able to kind of savour that moment and live it as much as possible. Yeah. And then to be told, no, you got to put the brakes on completely because obviously, the, the you know, I imagine that the other, the being on tour, being in the party constantly drinking, partying, smoking, everything that goes along with it probably takes its toll quite, you know, quite a lot on your voice. I mean, that can take your voice, the toll on your voice just for speaking, let alone for yeah, doing a run of tours or whatever. And that's been the thing for me. All these years, it's been just bad decisions. You know, like, <laughs> even when I've had surgery in the past, like, after the first surgery, I just went out and just got absolutely smashed on red wine. And I was like, the problem's gone. But I, you know, I struggle with acid reflux. So that's my, that's my thing. So like, it took me a while to, to have that issue with, with going on with shouting my head off with no vocal technique training, really yeah. being trying to be as brutal as I can. And for me at the time, that just meant as heavy as I possibly could because mm. I didn't know any other way. And it was like, my mindset was just like, if it's not heavy and it's not passionate, then why am I still here doing it? So the the amount of air that I was just ramming straight through my larynx and just going, yeah, you know, like really, really pushing it. Hi, it's Rob from Don Broco, and you're listening to the Throat Podcast. There's so many different um, warm up techniques out there, and there's obviously so much advice, and I'm sure all of it's valid because everyone's different as well. That's the thing. Exactly. Everyone sings in different ways. Everyone um, has natural, different. You know, some people are just like built. They're just built for singing, drinking, and smoking. It's like you like meet these James people on from Defavana. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he like, can smoke it's unreal. So and his voice sounds amazing. It's like, how, <laughs> like, how, is, your you. voice, how is your voice sounding better? <laughs> it's like, it sounds even better now you've done that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite, to be fair. Like, I, I know I'm a bit of a pussy. I know <laughs> if I overdo it, you're going to suffer. I'm going to suffer. So I, I kind of, I guess, you know, you kind of, I learned 
luckily i learned the hard way on a lot of very small tours you know like you know mm. the first few years as a band where you're sort of figuring yourself out and you know you don't know what warm-ups are and you go way too hard and you realize oh wait a minute this is so much better if i don't basically prevention is the best cure you know I've, you know for, for any for anything in regards to the voice i think you just can't go too hard because once you go too hard to claw it back it is possible to do that but it's so much harder so you're already just, on the back foot like you're already on the back foot on, in a tour situation you get to that point then you spend the rest of the tour trying to play catch up to get back onto the right side of it and yeah. that and then that is when if the tour's a long tour and you've blown your voice out almost and, and then you're like well now I'm on the back foot with this I've got to try and get the vocal health back up, that is when you spend time isolated and not really speaking and not having any fun. And like, so it's also pretty bad for you as well. Cause even though if you have to be completely silent, cause you're at that point, you know, that, that is a way forward, but really you don't want to be completely silent because you wanted to be using your voice quietly here, like warming into it. So by the time you've actually got the show coming up, yeah. you're not just like, this silent person, you know, zero to and then the shock of the yeah. shock of the muscle just going boom straight back into it to the live set and but then back what? again to silence. Is and... there is there like an added pressure as a front person of a band to make sure that you are really maintaining and looking after your uh, your voice well, yeah, as it, as your it, as your main kind of tool, so to speak. It, gradually comes in so at first you're doing you're just doing it because you love doing it and you want to play live shows and that's where the dream is do you know what i mean but then eventually you you get to a point where you're like fucking hell people actually like this band now they like me doing this singing (laughs) shouting stuff and Mm. then 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 there starts becoming the responsibility and the higher up the band gets the more popular the band gets then it starts being like well if I let anyone, if I let my band down now, I'm not just letting my band down, I'm letting down people that work for the band, the crew that are working for the band, all the fans that are there to see the band, yeah. and myself, yeah. you know, like it, the, the circle of totally. people you're letting yeah. down by not being able to do your job right is just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And yeah. I think that's why, I think that's why it's important to have these conversations and outline like, struggles that people have and important things so that anyone that's aspiring to do that does take it pretty seriously and doesn't find themselves in my position. Well, the thing is, both of you sound like having gone through that bad place of, fuck, my voice is gone, it's starting to, you know, go through a tour or whatever. Both of you sound like you are in a better headspace now having identified those issues in, 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 in your vocal technique or whatever and made steps to... Yeah, and main, that just com- main steps to maintain it. Yeah, and that just comes from the experience and like running into these problems and being like, well, I know what did it. It was the late night last night getting smashed. You know what I mean? And then <laughs> I need to not do that. Having to be honest yeah. with yourself and being like, look, this is what this is what the problem is. It's 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 I you think going it's out just, for me anyway. Yeah, it's I think out. it's definitely it's definitely like owning up to it. And yeah, I guess as you said, like it's almost like taking responsibility of like, oh, this is on me now to like look at. You can't. As you said, you can't like blame the rest of the boys as well. Even if everyone else is just getting pissed and having the best time ever and shouting because they can, you know. And that <laughs> yeah. is that's I think that's the main thing as well about being on tour and having a few beers with the lads because you're in the tour bus or you're at a bar or you're wherever the music's on and you're shouting over the music to just talk. You're not even like 
maybe going mental. You're just you're you're speaking at this slightly higher volume because you know there's music playing. There's like 15 people in the dressing room, and it's only after that you realize, oh, you know, wow, that was yeah. like just a few hours of talking or shouting at a kind of sustained volume, you know, for like two a few, you know, well depends how long the tour is but a few weeks it's going to catch up with you yeah so, on top of yeah on top of touring on top yeah, of exactly. what's expected of all that. Yeah, yeah yeah you did like there's one thing that i've like been through with my like vocal coaches and stuff like that like my ent doctor she's like when are you going to understand that like the drinking and the and the smoking is affecting you but also the being around this situation of raising your voice to a level so you can be heard in that situation is also yeah. affecting you on top of the tour and you screaming your technique. You ain't got a technique. It's just like it's obvious that so, I'm yeah, all these different factors. Technique. Yeah, the th- the thing is though, I think I think the advice would, that I would give to someone is it's too hard to when you're on stage and your adrenaline's pumping and you want to shout, you know, and you want to say what the fuck is up. You know, yeah. you should say that and you should do it because because that's what you want to do. That's what the band wants. That's what the crowd wants. And it yeah. feels good. You shouldn't sacrifice that. I think the, the thing you've got to train yourself to do is when you are in the dressing room after the show or or in the tour bus or whatever, and you're having the having a few beers, you're winding down, you know, everyone else might be sort of, hyping you know, up. hyping <laughs> up. Just become like, just become, you don't have to separate yourself from that, but become just accept that you're going to be a bit weird and that the rest of the guys are going to have to realize when you talk to them, you have to, so this is what I do. I will go right up to their ears. And go, hey guys. And you know, by, by the way, um, did we remember to, you know, bring the rest of the merch in or what, you know, like whatever you, whatever you want to say to them or, you yeah. know, whatever. And you just do that. Remember as much as possible that you're not in hype mode. And, It'll, like even in a whole tour, they'll be like, "Why the fuck is he coming so close to me and whispering in my ear?" <laughs> I used I but used to go out and take earplugs for other people. You know, like, oh, <laughs> if yeah. somebody wanted to have a conversation with me, I'd give them a set of earplugs because if they're wearing plugs and you're wearing plugs, no matter yeah. how loud the music is, you can lean in and kind of still have a, a level conversation Ooh, of yeah, not pushing good, your voice too hard. But that's, that's a it. good little technique. Yeah. It's, a, it's quite like a fun it. trick. Even just one, even just the one ear, you know, like I just yeah. love the idea if you walk around a club <laughs> with a pocket full of earplugs, just oh, hang on a go. second. <laughs> could you pop could you put these in so we but can the, have a chat? This is the thing, like I've been in like surrounded by this like throat thing and wanting to succeed so much that I've just found all these little you know if you name it I've done it I name it I've done it like even better than that well not even better weirder than that because I've definitely done this (laughs) when I haven't had an earplug but I've wanted to do that because obviously when you do close your ears you can somehow hear better I don't know why that is yeah it's strange so I've I've, I've definitely got memories of going up to people and like pressing that little bit yeah Flesh 100%. No, I've done it. I've yeah, done it. Yeah, time. So you go in, you just touch it in together, <laughs> and you wish it. They're like, why is this guy touching me? No one ever touches me there in my ear. Why you get the thumb, you get your thumb, and you push it yeah, on that bit of your ear that sticks yeah. out. And you, go, yeah. you can hear me better now, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've given like bar staff earplugs before. Yeah. I've just been like, like can I have a pint? What? Can I have a fucking brain? <laughs> you are, and then I'm like, right, just put these in. Humor me, put these in. <laughs> and then she puts them in. I'm like, can I have a bite? She's like, wow, that's <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm like, well, you that's should I mean, these. 
Yeah, I, I do that. I sometimes, like, if I'm out and I'm really fucked, <laughs> sometimes the singer, like, the singer mentality, like, kicks in where you think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a singer and I'm a musician. And obviously over years of doing it, I'm now relatively good at putting earplugs in. If I'm watching another band or I'm at a club, you know, you forget yeah. how loud the music's pumping. And obviously, if you're doing it like once every few weeks, it's fine. If you're doing it every night, you're screwed. Yeah. And, I, and I'm hammered and I see the bar staff who are probably there most nights without earplugs in. And I feel like I need to be this good Samaritan. Yeah, definitely. And I'm hammered. And they're like, who is this guy trying to talk to me right now? He doesn't want anything from me. Just trying to talk to me about earplugs. They just want me to leave. They but... just think you're drunk. You're like, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to help no, you. No, I'm trying to help you. Yeah. <laughs> great but no it's um i think yeah that that technique's really good and also just kind of um just being a bit of a devo in regards to that now and then like if if someone Effort, wants something, yeah. if someone wants something out of you like they're trying to talk to you but they can't hear you like don't think you do have to raise your voice to talk back to them just be the weird mysterious guy in the corner <laughs> who's like who's having a great great time but doesn't say anything <laughs> Hi, it's Rob from Don Broco, and you're listening to The Throat Podcast. Being young and like, you know, we're like, oh, so-and-so from that band, he's, he's a right knob him. I've tried, to, I've tried to speak to him after the show and he just blanked me. But what people don't like always realise is that like, that singer from that band might be going through this traumatic time where he's trying to balance that whole lifestyle. And he just like, when he's you say, you're saying, be the, you're yeah. saying be the diva. Like, I think that's great advice because like being that diva is sometimes the only thing that's going to get you what you kind of need get you through the show and get you through the show and the tour and just being like, and, and you know, the people that you surround yourself with, the more that they can understand what you need if you're struggling the more they don't expect it from you. like So they get to the point where they're like, oh, he's having a moment. I'm not going to bother. Like you might have a whiteboard. You might be like, please get me something to drink. I'm dying. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or like, I need a throat coat or whatever. And then, you know, your band around you or people around you start being like, well, you know, he, he does this when he, he's really struggling, he's really in need. And that can be something, that relationship between you realising and then teaching the people around you to realise that as well can be something that, you know, really helps you out in terms of like maintaining longevity in your career. Do you know what I mean? The, the quicker that everyone around you can get in that mindset with you. Do you know what I mean? Do like the, the quicker that whole thing un- can be comfortable for everybody. And then, and then when everyone's been in it, but like it's been ace that over the last few albums, like our guys have started singing more and more because they've just, from the early days of sleeps, so they've just started understanding that more and more. So now when I'm suffering, you know, like Matt's had times where his, his voice is completely gone. He's got too like overhyped and gone out and just bam, first vocal. And after sh- after the show, he's like, I really hurt myself. Yeah. Then he has to go into it. So then he just starts fully understanding all this stuff that I've been doing for for the last few years. You know what I mean? Like it just, it just it's learning for everyone really. Supporting your knowledge upon it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Cool. I'd say um I'd say the thing that I've touched upon that I I definitely want to would probably want to get across to to um yeah vocalists is uh, apart from the whole sort of you know trying to um as we mentioned you know not um overdo it after a night you know don't be drinking and going mental and shouting when it comes to actual singing though because I said it before you know the overwarming up thing I think that is the thing that I never really thought about. Because I just pulled some 
warm up off YouTube was like, this is a warm up. I was going to say, what, what, you know, what are you doing? What, what was your first warm ups? Are you doing the same ones kind of thing? So that's well, good. The, the, the first one was, um, it's this incredible vocal coach called Roger Love. Um, right. And he's like, it's really kind of like cheesy American dude that we were touring with a band called uh, Scholars. It was like um, from the UK who aren't a band anymore. Fucking amazing. Um, and they had this warm up that they kind of told us about. So we kind of just used that but it was more of like a vocal stretching exercise to slowly increase your range as a singer, which is, is probably a great thing to do if you're not on tour also singing, you know, every night and screaming your head off. So like that's, that's kind of the thing with warming up your voice. You don't, you're not really warming it up. You're more like stretching it out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's you got to be gentle with it, I think, is the thing, because like everyone's different as well. So I was doing these vocal exercises that were like probably way too high for me, but that's what yeah, I in a different in a different range that what that probably suited you. Or... Yeah, like some of it was higher than the stuff I sang on stage. It was like, why am I doing? It's like it was harder than the actual songs I'm doing. If you're yeah. doing that before you're going out to do your actual show, then you're gonna be like, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna be suffering. Like you like really, it's like doing the splits before you can do in the splits, and then going for a game yeah. of football. So essentially, yeah. you kind of picked up the wrong vocal exercise. You've, yeah. you've got one that was that was more of a a, 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 a long term kind of practice thing that you do to, uh, and yeah. you were you were utilizing that as your go to before you went yeah. on stage yeah because someone else was doing it and you were yeah. like that's cool yeah. yeah someone else was doing it I was, this is cool i didn't know what it was before <laughs> and i think as well like it's quite daunting learning about anything in life but especially with <laughs> yeah. the internet where there's so many so many conflicting opinions <laughs> so many conflicting <laughs> opinions so so much choice you know on on youtube alone and it's like what do i do yeah and I didn't, you know, I just thought, well, someone's recommended this. I'll do that. That's fine. And I think the best advice I could give someone is find, if you don't know what you're doing, like I definitely didn't, find a vocal coach, a local vocal coach that you can, you can see on the regular and some, and get help, get them to help you work out what your range is. Yeah. And great show. What, is the, what is the best warm up for you? Because everyone's going to be completely different, you know, and, um, well, not completely different, but, you know, you know, you don't want to be doing anything that is going to like ruin your actual show. So if you can, if you can, you know, ask them to help you develop a gentle warm up where you're sort of just doing ums and ahs and using all the sort of the parts of your voice that you would do live, but not obviously doing it, at even 50%, just doing it gently. That's yeah. something you can actually do every day. It's not that taxing. You know, it should be relaxing rather than sort of going for it. And then maybe just before the show, that's when you can start like, you know, singing properly and doing like a few minutes of of getting into it. But then that, that completely changed it for me. Once I had these sort of tailored warm-ups to my own voice, it, it was a complete game changer because then, you know, you're only going to then blow your voice in the show, it's not going to be like <laughs> yeah. going blowing it out in 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 the in the warm up, which I was doing half the time. So, right, yeah, that that would be a, a definite worthwhile investment because I mean, 
you know, sometimes it's good to get into that early on. It's good to get into that early on and try and figure out what your range is, what you, what your limitations are. There's no point you're trying to go for this note that you cannot hit. And every time you're like burning your your voice out because it just, it's just far too high for for you. I mean, I mean, I've only ever seen one vocal coach in my life. And I remember she was telling me about the fact that, you know, the, the greats, out there when it comes to the big voices and we're talking about people that are still you know touring and have been you know the, the, the heritage acts that are still in their 70s and all of these guys these older guys from the moment they were doing it when they first started out as a band even right up until now still taking weekly vocal coaching lessons still still you know staying on top of it and realizing just how important that aspect of it is to making sure that there's yeah. there's still something there i think a lot of, yeah and and I think a lot of my problem is was like I didn't I didn't want to be rock and roll, but I had this opportunity to party and be on the road and really live it. that sort of lifestyle. And for me, like that's another thing to get out to people. That's quite important. Like we're not all like Lemmys and Aussies. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like they don't know. Did they know they were they were they were just smashed the whole time. Like Lemmy didn't really sound that great from the get go. Like early demos at Motorhead were good, but for that reason of he sounds awfully gravelly and raw and like, he, he just, he managed to sound like that the whole time. God knows how he didn't just like blow his voice up altogether, but we know so much now. So it's like, we don't have to suffer all that. We can do a bit of research. You know? The thing is though, what, what I would actually love to know is if like all these greats, were as great as they were before like video was invented because obviously it's only it's only now that every show is recorded on a phone like back then the occasional show would have been videoed yeah i know what i would have done i would have just been getting pissed every night and then maybe like oh shit we've got the tv people coming down peak performance Better, (laughs) better, better, better have a few nights off and you know get back to it but like now it's like you, you're you're bad on stage. You are bad on the internet for the rest of your life. <laughs> you're bad There's to the lot, world. <laughs> you're bad to the world. There's a lot more pressure. Um, and you know, just reading some of these like stories and hearing. I mean, like reading the Motley Crue uh, biography, The Dirt, like <laughs> yeah. the self-written one, and like the stuff that like um, what's his name? Is it is it Vince the singer? Yeah. <laughs> Like some of the stuff like that he was getting up to. And I was like, how could, how could you just be on tour and and do that? Not alone the fact you're doing some of this stuff, the fact you're then singing, performing every night. And, you know, I, I just, I, I'd love to know if back then, if they were thinking about that and they cared or it didn't matter because people weren't filming them. And it was very much more in the moment, you know, people just loving the show because, there is yeah, loving Motley Crue for the for the the naughty for, rather than yeah. the actual performance. Like, yeah. did they just get so, away with murder just because they were like yeah. that? There was guys, or did they have to perform as well? Like? I remember reading it. It was it was about. Um, I'm pretty sure it was about Nicky Six. He wrote he wrote the song "Kickstart My Heart." after a night where he'd done so much heroin that he he was in the back of an ambulance and they, they shocked him. He sat bolt upright, jumped out the back, went back to the party and did more heroin. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck, man. That is insane. Yeah, that, that's that. just crazy. <laughs> Hi, it's Rob from Don Broco and you're listening to The Throat Podcast. Did 
you ever feel, did you two ever feel like you had to live up to that rock star level of success? Like, yeah, yeah I've, I've fucking got to do it. It's 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 part of the the folklore of it. I um, mean, de- definitely not, definitely not in regards to heroin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely been, not. That's, ne- that's never been an option for me. Uh, <laughs> luckily, luckily, I think in our world, that's not a a, a very common drug on offer. But um, I've, I've think, like pushed the boundaries a bit. You know what I mean? Had some like really good night outs. You know what I mean? Like been on the bars and you know just like that stereotypical like. I know I've been just getting some of them, yeah yeah. Yeah, you've been there a few, yeah. But um, but yeah, wild. That must have been wild back then. I think as well. I don't know about you now, Loz, but like I now because I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to tell. I wouldn't want to put vocalists off being in a band. Being oh, it's really boring. <laughs> I think you can be clever about it because now I kind of pick. I pick my nights. If you know, what pick I mean. your battles a bit better. Yeah, and Definitely. you can't like you can, and I think. You know, you can be like, especially you know, if you got a day off, whatever. You know, you got a day off the next day. You can you can earmark that night as a bit of a wild one. Not saying you should go out and still like shout your head off, but like you can afford to have a disgusting hangover the next day because, because you know you've got that day off. Because you know you you got that day off, and you can you know you can get that out of your system, go nuts on your <laughs> night where you know you've got a day off. And then, you know, then you're not, you're going to be hung over for a few days, hopefully. So you're not going to want to go that hard like <laughs> uh, for, for at least a little bit. Um, and I think, yeah, you can, and, and you can definitely, like, I think you can definitely like, once you get into the headspace of, it is weird because I think especially a lot of singers, you know, me and you obviously like to have a drink and we like to like, you know, we like to have fun. and we're sociable we're so- people. We're sociable people. You like to chat to people. You like to, it's not, you know, it's not just about, being drunk it's about talking to people and connecting with people and having yeah, a and like the community side of it like out like after the show and like yeah i love like for a long time i just loved like playing a show supporting like a bigger band getting off stage getting a quick shower banging a shirt on going to the back at room with bar and standing watching the headline band best best time getting out and about it yeah. best, well, and then just being like what, what was the reception to the show people being like loved your show man it was great and there's be like meeting them people and getting the vibes and but still being a fan of music being able to do my bit and then get off there grab a pint and go watch, watch the gig. headliners yeah. after the show like, yeah. well, how how do you find because that is my favorite thing as well to be fair and that yeah. is why that is why i love supporting other bands and i don't like everybody <laughs> because yeah. you just get to you're just done job done you know, ide- yeah. I- ideally, main sound support. check late, off stage yeah, early. Check. Yeah, yeah. Hey. To be fair, to be fair, as long as you're not, as long as you're not first on, because you know you have to pay your dues and do that at some point in your career. But it is, it's hard warming up a completely dead crowd. Yeah. But as long as you're not first on, second or third band on of the night, just you're Bang done. Fizz. <laughs> watch a great show chat to some people yeah. you know ch- chat to fans it's, it's wicked and also the set's slightly shorter so you can 30 minutes 40 yeah, minutes tops like bang so on you can have that extra few beers you can not worry about it as much like I, yeah, I it's just, not you know, your I love that it's not your headline so there's a no. lot less riding on it for you as a band so everyone's just a little bit like looser. Do you know what I mean? A little mm. bit more like, 
you know, if it's your headline, it's like, I have got to deliver it. So much pressure. The tightest yeah, yeah. band in the world. People need to walk away from this, like, being like, that was insane. When you're not, it's just like, right, let's just chill out, do, do play a great set, <laughs> you know, easy, turn yeah. some heads, but, you know, there's a lot less pressure on you. Well, I think I think that's a good thing as well to, like, because I've, you know, you don't want to be, a lot of the chat is like, just because we've been talking about it, it's quite doom and gloom and it's like, <laughs> oh, you can't be smoking anymore, you can't be drinking. Yeah. You definitely can. Unless <laughs> unless you're catapulted to the biggest fucking band in the world with, you know, within a year of starting a band or whatever, yeah. you know, you're gonna, if you're, if you're, especially if you're a rock band where, you know, you, we still do things sort of the old fashioned way of like touring and, and supporting and, you know, building up slowly like you're gonna have those opportunities where you are a support band and there's plenty of drinking and partying to be had on yeah. those tours it's just then when you're headlining that's when i think because we've been talking about that more i think you know when we when you think about the pressure side of it it's definitely that's the headline shows because you're thinking shit there's thousands of people here just to see us i do not want to let them down i want to give the best performance i can possibly give yeah but like yeah if you're doing a cheeky yeah half an hour <laughs> 45 minute warm-up set really enjoy that i mean my, my favorite tours have been the last few years when we've been in america supporting other bands yeah it's been incredible and like getting you know having that extra bit of time as well during the day to Explore see the cities you're in you know not having to yeah be up as early the next day for, for the sound check all that sort side of things is insane so i mean there's, There's plenty of time for you to enjoy to yourself. Out. I think like the main, yeah. the main things that we've been t- like touching on is that for like if you kind of find yourself in a sticky situation or find yourself in trouble, you just need to be really tuned into that and not then take the piss out of yourself because you're only going to get in deeper with like more issues. Well, it's and- like it's like you were saying a second ago, Rob, of just like when you get into that that rut of like the only thing that you can really do is is, is push a bit harder and and and, and you know like force mm. it almost and, and it, but you need to make sure that you what you're saying is you need to make sure that you you spot like the warning signs of i think this yeah is like have you ever yeah? had that when you've Definitely. been on the, you've been on the radio and you've been like severely hung over to the point you can't speak or your voice has been you know and you've had to deliver like a live show or whatever on no, the radio. Well, you know, I've, I've never really i always i always just kind of went into it and just even even when you've had those really bad hangovers, you can always still get a talk out. You can always, even <laughs> yeah. if you're like, yeah, so, so even, yeah, even if you're like, oh yeah, yeah it's, uh, so here's this fucking, here's this new song. Yeah, you can still, you can still get it. At the, so I've, I've, I've never run in, I've, I've, I've only had one where I've completely, like full blown, you oh, know, where you, you do a bit of like, compare sort of stuff as well don't you where you're like introduce acts and yeah have you ever like been yeah like not been able to speak like and and today's band like this band yeah so you got three days at a festival and by the sunday you have to walk out and you know hype up the crowd and and talk and you're like (laughs) as you can hear i've been here for four or five days now happened to me at leeds fest last year and i wasn't even drinking i was just tired i was just like yeah you need to realize that you're 35 now and you can't stay up until five a.m That's funny, man. What's next for you guys? Have you been busy working on stuff? You not? You can't say that. Are you? Yeah, no. We 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 just started recording, so awesome. yeah, we've been been sort of um, yeah, busy writing. Basically, we sort of treated the whole lockdown as just yeah. It's a good time for that, eh? Yeah, I mean, which <laughs> you'd have to do anyway. But it was actually quite lucky for us in a way because we were we were writing the album anyway. 
um, it just gave us obviously a lot more time and a lot more focus. And, you know, the first time I think ever in our careers where, you know, we haven't been under this like mad, mad time pressure that we've put on ourselves, you know, yeah, because definitely, you've, got, yeah. you've got like a tour coming up or you've got a festival or whatever, you know, you know, when everything got pushed back, you know, we were like, this sucks, but you've got to find a silver lining in all these like dark situations, haven't you? So the one mm, thing yeah. like, well, at least, at least we can have a bit more time to, to write a record now and not yeah. rush it, which we, we always feel like we are. So yeah. So we just started recording like, um, yeah, last, last two weeks. Um, yeah. Going to be cool. Keep, rec- keep recording to the end of the year and hopefully have some new stuff next year. Nice. Fuck. And wait to hear it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, uh, uh, do you know, what? I remember getting sent, it was it was the tail end of last year, wasn't it, that you did? Uh, that action came out, and my friend Adam sent it across to me along with the video, like, stop what you're doing immediately and watch this. It's like, fuck yeah, okay, right, let's give this some time. And I was just like, yeah, 100% on board. Fucking love it. Absolutely brilliant. So <laughs> looking yeah. forward to hearing new stuff as well, man, definitely. Sweet. Well, I think we should wrap up there. Definitely. Yeah, There's a lot yeah, that's of editing. Yeah, yeah, that's... Right, well, take care then, guys. Good luck with the rest of the recording, Laws. Yeah, thank you, bro. Once again, thanks, thanks for jumping on and doing this with us. Like, yeah, thank yeah. you so much for this. Um, we will sorry, chop it sorry, up. Sorry for the amount of editing you'll have to do. <laughs> <laughs> it might take a while. Right, enjoy the rest <laughs> of your no, night, buddy. No, no, you too. Thanks for having me, guys. No, Cheers, thanks, man. thanks thank for your you. time, mate. Awesome. Take care. Cheers. Speak soon.